Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. That's one of the dilemmas you have as a parent, you know, how do you bless your children and be honest at the same time? And so I think every parent wrestles with that. And that's something we're going to talk about today, the power of our words as a mom and dad and how to bless our children. We've got the guy in the studio has been helping us the last couple of days talk about blessing. Alan Wright, thank you for being back on Family Life today. Well, thank you, Dave and Ann. Thank you so much. And uh, so that may be giving my hope for professional athletics still, and I doubt it. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and obviously you're a dad. and A pastor. A pastor, and even a Author. radio host. You know, you're yeah. on 400 stations around the country, and you've written this book, The Power to Bless. And it's a lot about our words and speaking life, as we've said, into our children. So let's talk about that very thing. If you've got a child who has a dream like that, but it could be something that's just, it's crazy. Right. Now they can dream big and yeah. anything can happen. But in a sense, you're like, they're not going to ever be a frog. They're going to be a tadpole. Yeah. How do you speak blessing with truth to that? Yes. Help, well, help always grace and always truth. So Jesus was not 50-50. He's 100% grace and 100% truth. So whatever our response is, let's measure it by that. Is my response both grace and truth? So, like, for example, our son Bennett, he's a really good golfer. And of all the many things that I helped speak some vision into his life, I saw it. I saw he had the skills for it. I saw it. Was on it. Plus, yeah, I love golf, and we played a lot of golf together, so that helped also. But uh, he's not tall in stature, and he loved basketball, loved basketball. He just wasn't that good at it, and he just wasn't that tall. So it would have been silly for me to say, I could really see you being an NBA player, mm-hmm. because I didn't see that. Right. I didn't see that at all. I did see that he could really enjoy golf and be good at it, and so I would affirm that. So what I would say to that parent when the child's saying, you know, I want to be such and such. Well, in the first place, honor the child's dreams. I love it when you dream big. Mm-hmm. God loves it when we have faith. That's a beautiful thing to aspire to, okay? So you're, you can affirm The dreaming. I think so often what happens is a parent hears a child say something like that, and the parent rattles off too quickly. Oh, you'll never be that because you're not good enough. What you've done is you've not just helped steer a direction. You've crushed not just a dream, but you've crushed the joy of dreaming. So when our children are little, we let them dream. We want them to dream. But it doesn't mean that we come alongside and actually say these ridiculous things like you can be whatever you want. That's not a blessing. Um, in fact, I think sometimes people just receive it as pressure. Yeah. Like, you know, you could be whatever you want to be if you just set your mind to it. Well, I guess the fact it didn't happen is because I didn't set my mind to it. And it also is just like, no, I think that it's like, okay, I want to affirm your dreams. But as they grow, we're speaking what we have as authentic discernment into their lives. And so when I didn't see something and a child was maybe dreaming towards it, there are ways that with grace, you begin steering them towards the truth. You don't dash hopes needlessly, and you don't come lashing in with harsh words that have no grace attached. 
So whenever we speak with authentic love, there can be a receptivity to the truth. And I think, therefore, ask yourself, what does grace and truth say, not just truth or just grace? And uh, don't dash dreams, but affirm faith when you see it, and yet steer it towards the authentic that you see in that child's life. Alan, you don't know Bruce, our audio engineer, very well. He's been sitting in here with us and listening and working. Show us what it looks like to offer Bruce a blessing. And you really don't know him very well except for meeting him. He has three daughters. What would that look like? Can we bless people we don't know very well? Oh, 100%. Because in the first place, well, I did meet Bruce for like two minutes. Yeah. So I found out he's a dad. And I'm sitting in the studio with him going to see that he's uh, committed to excellence in his work. And I could even just see when you mentioned your kids, um, I saw love dance around in your eyes. Hmm. And so I already do know some things about you. Hmm. But also know that before I even met you, I could say this of you, you're made in the image of God. Hmm. And that, therefore, uh, you are bearing the image of Father God in the world. I know that before God spun the cosmos into its place, that he already had a destiny lined up for you. And I know also, because I see that you're a man of faith, that in Christ, you were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. And as such, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so, see, I can just turn, not knowing you, and say, Bruce, um, it's good to meet you. And I uh, thank God for you. And I see already in your life that there are qualities that are very Christ-like. You can see it just in meeting you. And I believe God is using that. And I can bless who you are as a dad. And I can say, uh, may God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. May he make you favored and wise and just able to pour out the Father's heart of God to your, to your kids. And I can say, bless you in your work. Uh, This is important work that you're doing with family life, and you're shaping others' lives. And so what's in your ear as you listen to the sound of uh, production being made, you're actually advancing kingdom. And God bless you in that. You see, you know more about people than you realize. I just want to cry. I am crying, actually, because there's so much power in that. It makes us rise up. To want to become all those things. And it's everything you spoke is in the word. And it helps us to remember this is what God says about us. And we have the power to give that away to other people. And in our world, in our culture, it is giving them one of the greatest gifts they could receive. Amen. And I would just add what you just said to Bruce, the average person never hears. Yes. Right. I mean, it isn't like they don't hear that in a week or a month. Yeah. Some have never heard it. Yeah. I mean, even what you just spoke is like, wow, that's just truth to a guy you barely know, but it's all true yeah. about Bruce. And if we think our children yes. regularly get that, they yes. don't get it at school. They don't get it from their peers because they're in competition with one another. And then when they come home and they don't get it from mom or dad... They long to get it, and they will go on a search in probably ways we hope they don't look for it to get it. But if they get it from mom or dad, I mean, if we took a minute every day at the dinner table or whatever and did what you just yes. did, just grab some yes. some moment in the day to say, hey, son, I just saw something. Can I just wait? Yes. And they're running away like, dad, no, 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 no. Just I want to say this way. Way to go. Yes. You just exhibited 
traits of what a man does just want to say that to you and they walk out the door and you think, eh, it wasn't that big a deal. That sticks. Mm -hmm. It sticks. It goes into you. It becomes part of you. It shapes you. Probably every one of our listeners could identify if you've ever had any moment like that from a parent, a teacher, a, a friend, a spouse, someone who spoke something like that. You remember it and it shapes you. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of the thing I want people to know is it's so easy. It's really not hard. Um, can I give Can I just give maybe one of the simplest examples of parenting, just so our listeners could say, if you're if you're a parent, this is how easy it is. When Bennett and I were one day driving to the golf course to play golf, he's maybe ten at most, and he loves golf. And I love golf, and he just piped up and said, "Dad, can you be addicted to gambling?" I said. What? Where, where? <laughs> Where's that coming from? So I'm sitting there going, Where's he wants that to com- bet on this golf game, I guess. Where's that coming from? You know. And he had read about a professional golfer. He had heard something on TV about a professional golfer who had a problem with gambling. I knew who he was talking about. And I thought, how am I going to explain this to him? And so eventually I just settled on the simplest approach. And I said, Bennett, I know that that golfer, he gets to play the best golf courses in the world. He's rich. He's famous. I said, but I know something about his family and I know something about his life. And I said, I don't think that he really feels that good about himself. And when you don't feel that good about yourself, it's a bad feeling. And you can look for many ways to just have a good feeling. And he must get it from gambling and you can get it from other things. And I said, I think that's at the heart of it. And it was just quiet for a minute. And all of a sudden, in just a classic moment, he just piped back and said, well, I love myself. <laughs> and I, just, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry because they were words of gold to me, which was the fruit of being blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, I think whether it was that same day or not, we played golf. And on the first hole, he had a bad hole. And any golfer can understand this. A bad hole. Oh, yeah. Golf is a cumulative score. <laughs> yeah. You can ruin your round on the first hole. You oh, know, you, it, you play. Done it, it many you know, times. Yeah, yeah. Double so, bogey. So he had like a double or a triple. And this is a kid who can shoot pretty close to par, you know, and he's a good golfer. So I see it. His face turning red. He's a very even kill kid, you know, but the golf course will bring it out. Oh, Preachers yeah. and out of that, you know, anybody. So I see him getting mad, but he holds it together. You know, I said something to him, listen, you can still have a good round, you know, and he's like, (laughs) but he doesn't throw his club. He doesn't throw a tantrum. He holds it together and he kind of takes a deep breath and he has a good hole the next hole and the next. And actually had a a birdie or two and he ended up having a really good round despite that. (laughs) Well, on the way home, this is how simple and natural blessing is. This is what I want for our families. Okay. I mean, it's wonderful. We would have every week a set apart meal where at least once a week I would formally speak a blessing to everybody in the family. But what really we want is it's just part of life, yeah. right? So just in the unassuming moments, we're riding home. And I said, hey, Bennett, I said, uh, good round today. That was fun. He said, thanks, Dad. I said, uh, hey, you know, uh, you had that bad first hole. He said, yeah. I said, you know, I saw you were starting to get frustrated, and then you held it together, and you went on, and you, you had a good round. And I said, you know, there's a phrase for that in the Bible. It's called self-control. I said, that's the fruit of self-control. And I said, you know, you're still a kid. I said, but I just want you to know that I already see a lot of self-control in you. And I believe you're going to grow into a young man. I get emotional. I don't know why. (laughs) I believe you're going to grow into a young man who has a lot of self-control. And I just added, and Bennett, in my experience, men in this world who have self-control go very far. Mm. I never had my dad say that 
anything like that to me one time. Most sons and daughters haven't. Mm-hmm. How long did that take? Maybe 30 seconds or a minute? It, just, it doesn't take long. The way I like to describe the steps is very simple. It is when you see a virtue in someone else, maybe more clearly than they do. You see it. So you become a treasure hunter in others. That's a good way to say it. See that. And then you affirm it with a positive vision with your words that you speak by calling it out and identifying it. And then you attach to it positive possibilities for the future. Mm-hmm. So you affirm the treasure and you say, this is how I see it being part of your identity. It's not just a compliment. It's not buttering somebody up. It's helping them see who they are. Oh, I'm a person of self-control. And then you attach positive possibilities. We can do that with anybody at any time. It's not hard, but it's laden with spiritual power. And Bennett indeed became and is a man of about as much self-control as anybody I've ever been around. When he excelled so much in um, law school and uh, was awarded a prestigious clerkship in the federal level, uh, the federal uh, judge was speaking to him one day and said, uh, you know, how have you done so well, Ben? And he's kind of modest. You know, he said, I don't know. And he, the judge just looked at him. He said, I think you underestimate your ability to concentrate for a long period of time. Mm. Well, what that is, is self-control, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like I'm sitting there taking a test. I was laughing the other day, like standardized test. We got to read the passage and then answer questions about it. I'm like reading the passage and like looking out the window. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in life, whatever it is, if you can have the fruit of self-control, it's not just about not having angry outbursts. It's about the whole direction of your life. Well, is something like that. So important to our life. Does that begin with a little seed of blessing like that? I think it does. It's interesting. I have the stark memory for me being seven years old of something very much like that. My family was moving into a new city, new school. I was in the first grade. So we don't usually have profound memories of first I'm glad you moved mm-hmm. to that city. Yeah, but that's where we met. But before that, I had already gone through sexual abuse from the time that I was four years old. Oh, wow. And so I was super scared, super insecure. And I had a first grade teacher where I had originally gone to school who didn't always see the best in me. And I had three siblings before me that all had learning disabilities. And so when I came into that same class with the same teacher, she probably presumed a lot. And I knew, even though we didn't name it the worst reading group, I was in the worst reading group. Mm. And I was also in a class for speech therapy. And I remember feeling really bad about myself. Mm -hmm. I moved into this new city. And on the first day of the first grade with this new teacher, I was so scared. And I walked into the class and she got down on her knee. She put both hands on my shoulders and she looked at me in the eyes and she said, you are a beautiful little girl, oh, wow. and I can tell that you're really smart. Wow. And she said, I would predict that by the end of the year, you're going to be the smartest girl in this class. I mean, I feel like that was yesterday that wow. I heard those words, and I remember feeling like no one has ever said anything like that to me in my life. And it's so interesting. She put me in the best reading group the most advanced reading group, and I couldn't even read. Everyone in that class was reading, even in the lowest reading groups, and she put me in the best reading group. And just like that, 
I rose up, and by the end of the year, I was neck and neck with this one little girl that I was the best reader in the class. And it's exactly what you're saying, Alan, when somebody sees it in you and they call it out of you, you rise up, you think, I can do that. And so I think it'd be cool to end our time together with you just praying and speaking blessing over our listeners. I think that would be really powerful. I would love to do that. Mm. And maybe to start uh, with a word to all the women that are listening and to Mm. say, would you let me... Stand in maybe for a dad who never spoke these words, but to sort of receive it, you know, from someone who's representing God, but also maybe representing what someone important to you, your dad or someone else, wasn't able to say. And, you know, it just wells up within me first to say, I'm glad you were born. Hmm. And I'm glad you were born a girl. And I'm glad that God envisioned you and made you who you are. There's no part of your being that is accidental. It is God's plan. And he has put you together in a a way that your soul is unique. And your gifts are like no one else's. It's not just that your fingerprints match no one else's. It's that the whole spiritual DNA of your life is like no one else's. And so I want to bless you and say how much you matter. And to say that I'd like to bless you to be fully free, rejoicing in God, to know that not only does your life matter, but that in the days to come, God is going to use you. I'd like to be able to say to all the women that are listening for the ways that you have been hurt for the smallest little wounds and the deepest trauma that God wants you to know he's always been there. He wasn't the God who was missing when you went through your difficult time. And I'm blessing you to have a new narrator in your life that fear wouldn't be the narrator of your story, but love would be the perfect love of God to cast out all fear. And I'm blessing you that you would be under the sound of the gospel more and more full of faith and expectancy of what is to come. Um, There's no telling what might happen tomorrow when God is directing your steps. And men, maybe the words that every son wants to hear from a father but seldom hears Let me just speak it on behalf of someone who maybe just didn't know how to say it. I'm proud of you. Well, I I know I don't know you. I mean, we're separated maybe by digital broadcast or radio airwaves, but I'm proud of you through the heart and the eyes of God and in the best sense of the word. I want to say that God's pride in you and And any fatherly pride in you is not because of your accomplishments, but because of who you are. And so I bless you to be released from performance anxiety. I bless you to enjoy sonship with the Father. I bless you to know that your mistakes, your sin does not define you. I think of Joseph, who, when he resisted the temptation of Potiphar's wife, 
he didn't do so out of his willpower, but he said, my master's put me in charge of his whole household. How could I do such a thing? I'm blessing you to know your identity. This is the way of accountability, and this is the way that you're going to find more and more victory over sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are in Christ already already seated with him, already, though you may not feel it, already reigning with him. And there is more power at work in you by the Holy Spirit than you realize. So I'm blessing that in you, men. I'm blessing it and thanking God for you. To all, to anyone under the sound of my voice, uh, what a privilege it is to say, the Lord bless you and keep you and be kind and gracious to you. Make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace today and forever. Amen. Amen. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you have more questions on how to develop healthy marriages, how to be a better parent, how to make romance and sex work well, or how to grow spiritually? Check out some articles that will help challenge you to move forward well at our website. Go to families.powertochange.org.au for more information. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family.